Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hey, most pleasant good afternoon to you and yours. It is the Lori Angelia Show for your Wednesday here at My Talk 1071. Everything entertainment. Did you guys hear that we may be in for the coldest Christmas day in many, many a year? I, I did hear that, yeah, Donnie. high of three. And, and wow. she's like, I don't care because I'm going out of town. That's right. <laughs> I hate you. I did hear that, Donnie. And she says with this huge uh, smile, no, bummer for bummer, you. Bummer. I know my dad oh. told me the same thing up in Duluth. It's going to be the coldest Christmas I, Eve and Christmas day in, I don't know, how long time, long, yeah. long time. Yeah. I feel bad for the, you know, older people and the in the people with young children because yes. that's when it, you're loading and so yeah, much stuff like I, stuff. I don't care it doesn't affect me at all right but when you had the little ones just like oh oh Julia I what? made a happy discovery today driving your auntie Catherine to the airport driving along on West 7th and what do I see at the corner of West 7th and Davern it was like lights were singing and birds were Chirping. chirping, lights don't sing, birds sing, and lights were high. Yeah, I'm getting that all wrong. <laughs> but, but okay, but it was there? an unusual moment. It was like, ta da! An aura is in the sky, and shining down it? on what? The Taco John on West Davern, Davern and 7th is now a Zantigo. Oh, Cheese Chilitos are in our future. You're I, so happy. She loves she loves Antigua. The only one that we knew about, I think there's one on the west side of town, but there's one in Woodbury. There's one in Woodbury and there's mm-hmm. one on 694. And That's um, a good location. I never understood why that Taco John's didn't do better there. Well, I loved, I mean, Zantigua goes back like 30 years. It's and forever. when all the Taco Bells and Taco John franchises were selling, they... All, they had like seven, and they all closed. There was one on across from Knollwood. That used to be a favorite. I used to love going there before or after bowling. And it's a good little. The cheese Cholito is a good. You should see the line. Bite. Oh, in really? There. To get really? it? Oh, really? Did you go in? No, because I was dropping Driving. her off, yeah. and it was like uh, one fifteen, and there was a line of happy Zantico customers. Oh, you're so because I think that's a family run. Fast is it? Yeah, I think so. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad for you because that is a happy discovery. It is. A, and the other happy discovery is the marvelous Mrs. Maisel oh. on Amazon. That show is hilarious. Incredible. How many episodes did you watch? Even the first one, it clips along so fast. Well, you know why it clips along? It's from the creators of the Gilmore Girls. Oh, yes. Amy Sherman yeah. Palladino oh. with that dialogue smart and dialogue, smart and sassy. funny. And um, I just read a thing in Vulture. So it's on Amazon that um, it, that Miss the marvelous Mrs. Maisel is getting everything right about stand up co- comedy in the early days because it takes place in like uh, the fifties, nineteen fifty eight, New okay. York City, mm-hmm. and I guess um, I love the clothes, the, I love the sets, I the love the music. Yeah, the music is incredible because one one episode, I think the fifth one, ended oh my, with "Our Lips Are Sealed." Okay, tell me you you're binging shows now. You're uh, in the fifth episodes not, already? I think we finished six. They're a dollar wow. a dollar a piece. Really They're an hour. We're Amazon. I know, but we're Amazon Prime members. So am I. But those are an hour. Yeah, I know. 
Oh, my. Well, Julia, I can't go out all the time. You guys watch a ton of TV. Yeah. (laughs) And um, anyway, but so she's sort of a... Um, Amy Sherman Palladino said that she really wanted to do the story of a woman in the 50s who didn't hate her life. Right. And she was kind of combining and drawing on amalgam of Phyllis Diller's comedy career and Joan Rivers and other women who helped make stand-up what it is. But that show is just perfection. Just the dialogue and oh my gosh. It's really good. I mean, it was too. It's a great cast. Tony Shalhoub is in it and uh, Kevin Pollack. I haven't seen him since he was in those... Uh, what were the Odd Couple movies with the guys down in uh, Winona? Oh, yeah. Oh, the old, old man. He was well, the son of one of the guys. Kevin Pollack is Is back. he Mr. Maisel, the uh, dad? He is the dad the of factory? the son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. The senior Mr. Oh, Maisel. Yes. It was just like a great show to jump into after The Crown, which we really splurged on and couldn't stop watching. And Casey likes it. And we were just like, what show can be as it's, good as that or fill the hole in our... TV heart and that. she got nominated for a Golden Globe. Yes, didn't she, she did. Yeah, I don't know about a SAG, but it is very. Um, it's so good. It's that so is, good. Uh, Rachel Brosnahan, who also was fabulous as Ray, uh, in uh, House of Cards. Oh, she was in House, she Cards. Was House of Cards. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, it's just about this young woman whose perfect life is upended when her ex stealing wannabe. Comedian husband announces he's leaving her for his secretary. Mm-hmm. And her mom, you know, and that her mom played Ari Gold's wife in Entourage. Oh, okay. And she was also the girlfriend of Char- of Charlie Sheen's brother, played by, um, you know, who was his brother? John Cryer. I didn't she, watch was the, Entourage. She was the girlfriend. Oh, she was great as Ari Gold's okay. uh, uh, trophy wife, who was the only one Ari Gold was really afraid of. That's where she's mm-hmm. from. But anyway, that that's just a really a fun show. And it's happy, it's upbeat. And uh if you're wondering what movie you're gonna see over the long holiday weekend, forget the greatest showman. Oh, it boy. is getting panned so bad, not the least of which is that PT Barnum was a really horrible person. <laughs> yes. And that they're like whitewashing over all these horrible things that he did. Yes. And none of it makes sense. And that there is no story and there's no amount of singing and dancing that can save this show. Mm-hmm. It is not Moulin Rouge and it is not La La Land. It is apparently a big stinker. Oh well, the movie Send in the Clowns. <laughs> it got one and a half stars. Um, now this is Brian Truitt from USA Today. What do you say? There's no story. Mm-hmm. There's no storyline. But the soundtrack might be really good. Mm-hmm. Oh, great. So maybe they can make their money on the soundtrack. Uh, yeah. And, and, you know, Hugh Jackman has been interviewed, and he said he really wanted to make this for a long time. I don't know why. He just wanted to sing and dance. And, and be, be in a movie. And be in a Instead movie. Instead of be on Broadway where you have to do it eight times a week. Right. It's easier if you do a movie. It's three months of shooting, so and then you're done. He, he passed up Bond for this. Oh, mm. I know it. And well, just, I guess the person who is the scene stealer, they said... Zendaya is very good and Zac Efron, but the person who steals the movie in the few bright spots is Rebecca Ferguson, who was Tom Cruise's co-star in the last Mission Impossible. Yes, good actress. She plays Mm. Jenny Bird. Or Jenny, the Whoever she the is. Swedish Nightingale. Oh yes, uh, Jenny. Jenny uh, Lind. Jenny Lind. Yeah. Jenny Lind, who was apparently one of P.T. Barnum's famous creations. I don't um, even know this. Yeah. Oh, he he just he was just an exploitive person. He actually 
um, was protested in New York when he bought a slave because New York abolished slavery in the 1820s and he bought a, a human for display in 1830. She was old, very ill, and he tried to bill her as the 106-year-old nurse of George Washington. Oh, oh God, I love it. And then he put a beard on her, too, so uh, she yeah. could double as the bearded lady in the, in the office. Yeah. You know, this Jenny that we're talking about, Lori, mm-hmm. you know how we know, excuse me, Rebecca Ferguson, she was in The White Queen. Yeah, she was in that, too. Yes. She kind of melds she's been in a, lot of, a lot of different things. So they said she's the best thing, um, but P.T. Barnum wasn't a scoundrel, like a... A, a sweet, funny scoundrel. No, he was he's really just, a despicable person. Yeah. And so the movie critics are judging that as well as the lack of story. So there. So there. Plenty so of now movies. check that one off the list. That's, but that'd be probably good to watch at home for the singing and the dancing. Mm-hmm. I'll pass. Yeah, me too. Yeah, Donnie, you watch it and you tell us. <laughs> hey, I'm going to stick with the good Sorry, shows. I don't watch anything. Right. I mean, why do well, I even say Well, you need to start watching stuff. Oh, she'll watch The Crown over the I'm weekend. I'm just too yeah. busy. Yeah. This is a very busy... It's a busy... visiting time with friends and it's busy. Yeah, yeah. No, we kind of wanted to watch like TV I watched Monday. the one show you made me watch. Which one? Oh, Beverly Hills. The real housewives of Beverly Wasn't Hills. Wasn't it fantastic? Oh that we my got gosh. to go to Vegas right away and they are something. It's beyond Lori. But it, it so it is beyond and so enjoyable. And yeah, we'll talk about it later, but oh word. All that right, was listen. Something. And we've got an author coming on, Alan Eskins, uh, for his book, The Deep Dark Descending. He's driven up from Mankato in the snow. Amazing. If you like mystery cop novels yep. this is fantastic and then when we come back it's our story we can't get enough of quick note i got an email from alan saying you know just saying you're going to be here and he said yep yeah, looking forward to it a lot of people have been asking me when are you going to be on my talk oh good <laughs> good oh, perfect nice? all right listen we'll be right back uh, there's a little new rules by dua lipa dua lipa dua lipa Okay. I like that song. Yeah. Um, okay, so yesterday when you read my friend Shannon's uh, list of Julie and Lori-isms. Only one Lori-ism. <laughs> All right. Well, you have a new one. What? She listened to it yesterday. Oh, did I have from one? From Seattle. She's actually in Hawaii. And it said, um, loved it, you know, when you read the list and stuff. And then she said, and um, uh, Strock oh. has been added. <laughs> It's two days of rain in Hawaii. Uh, strike and clock. Yep. Oh, Strock. Strock, yeah. Mm-hmm. Strock. So it's been added yeah. to the list, the date and time. Yeah. Well, right. this can be the rainy time of the year in um in Hawaii. In Hawaii. Yeah, oh, November and December. They're on their second day of rain. Oh, that's terrible. Are they in Maui? Yeah. Are they down on the rainy side of the island or up in Kaanapali? I don't know. They're at a Because there's always a sunny and a rainy side of the house island. Okay. Somewhere. Well, they could be on a rainy part of the island. Oh my word. Well, I know. The pina coladas are going. Like we know that the uh, blender isn't broken. <laughs> you can only have so many of those before you just have bloat or gloat. Yeah. Remember mm-hmm. the year I came back yep. from Mexico when I had two uh, pina coladas? How, how much weight did you gain? You well, gained four pounds of pina colada weight? Something like that. Ever since I've been staying in the condo and we don't stay at the Omni anymore in our little place. There's no and, room service? Uh, well, you got to walk. Over. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I can just walk back to my condo, and make something else, and got it. Yeah, so okay, so GMA had kind of an interesting uh, report, and since so many people are, you know, doing having deliveries that are happening right now, mm-hmm. we've heard all about how you told us yesterday the Dinah Police 
tracking boxes and people right. are having neighbors watch out for deliveries. Right. Well, there is a holiday shipping scam alert ha- having to do with FedEx. Here's the report. Okay. New holiday alert about shipping scams online with just five days to go until Christmas. And the scams look like emails from the post office or a shipping company. They'll say you have an undelivered package, but they could lead to a lot of trouble. Lindsay Janice joins us here at the desk with what we need to know about this. Yeah, good morning, guys. Last Minute Shoppers really feeling the pressure now. So imagine an email lands in your inbox. You're panicked. It's telling you there's an issue with your shipment, but clicking on that email could cause you all kinds of problems. Record online purchases this year have shippers working around the clock to meet that fast approaching holiday deadline. And with more than a third of shoppers waiting until the week before Christmas to do the bulk of their holiday shopping, hackers are taking advantage. The FBI issuing a warning, telling consumers to be on the lookout for phishing scams. Emails saying packages can't be delivered and you need to click a link to pick it up. FedEx even posting a sample of one of these fraudulent emails online. Don't fall for it because what will happen is it's either going to introduce malware to your computer or they'll lead you to another site where they'll say, we need more information. Can you give us your credit card? So what do you do? FedEx says it does not send unsolicited emails. So delete those emails immediately and don't click those links. Scammers are looking for people at vulnerable times. And when they're buying products and trying to ship them to loved ones in a real short period of time, it leaves them vulnerable. According to the Better Business Bureau, roughly 20% of online scams occur during the month of December. Bah humbug. So if you're expecting a package, make sure that you check with the shipping company directly. Yeah, this could be Amazon, the Amaz- post office. DHL, FedEx, and none of them, once you've given your credit card for payment, that's it. They don't call you. They don't email you back or whatever. But people, if they're ordering a lot or they've got a lot going on or things, they thought things were coming sooner, you can see how you go, oh, I'm just, but don't even click on it. Okay. We better. That's a good one. Get that out there about these fake email alerts about your packages. Don't even open it up. I've got one. I've got another one. Okay. So I, um, buy gift cards for my boys every once in a while. I saw this report. I know. So, but all these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest-growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world, and the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms, and you can also find it on UAP Podcast. Podcast.com. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Before we get to the report, one thing I just want to give people a heads up because I bought a gift card at a popular, you know, place where my kids like to eat. And the person, when I bought the gift card, they took my money, uh-huh. they gave me a receipt, but they never ran the gift card through the machine to put the money on it. <gasps> so I just want to warn people, because that 
That you, gave, cost, you paid cash. No, I paid oh, it you, on a credit okay, card. Okay. But then I give it to my son. Then he takes it and swears my mom just gave it to me and it works. You know, you got to check your system. Then he, he has to drive back and give it to me. Then I have to drive back and go to the place. And I mean, it was like so much extra work for right. a dumb $30 gift card. Right. So I just want to tell people, um, don't buy them off the big stands where you can pick them up and you see you can get a Visa gift card and AMC yeah, yeah. the gift card. You should go to the places individually, but make sure they swipe the card through yeah. because that was just a pain in the butt. Yeah. Well, I always, um, even though I, I know you don't need to, but like we gave Donnie a gift card for yeah. her. You give me a receipt. I always give him the And even the when, thing. yeah. And he, he had left the receipt out somehow, some way, but it. just double check that yeah, they do that. And then do the slide. Yeah. Do the slide. Yeah. And then they did this big thing on the Today Show this morning about Nordstrom gift cards. Jeff Rossen, who, who was supposed to be on with Who us stood yesterday. us up yesterday. We're not mm-hmm. going to give you anything from his book today just to punish him because I know he's listening. <laughs> right. We'll wait till tomorrow. Um, but he his report was that the um, numbers on the Nordstrom gift cards, they only have three digits, like just three digit numbers versus like a six digit code or something. It was hackable. People were hacking. Beyond it. hacking. Oh. And you could get a thousand dollar gift card to yep. Nordstrom. I remember I got a $500 one once. That was a lovely gift. That was a lovely gift. And But even though you have the receipt, the card will show nothing's on it. Yeah. So people are stealing it. They fixed the problem. But I, I mean, really, Jeff Rossin should get a gift card from Nordstrom well, for figuring that out for them. I would say, because immediately they said, well, thank you. We are, um, we, they we, kind of had this blanket statement back to them saying, oh, we are on top of it. We have the greatest IT staff, blah, blah, blah. And then finally, at the end of the story, mm-hmm. Thank you. We fixed it. Yeah. I mean, they first sent him the BS, you know, initial one. Right. And then the hacker called him and said, this is how easy it is. Yeah. So anyway, just be careful with the gift cards yeah. and include the receipt, like you said. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't even give any, if I give kids, I don't even give them gift cards. I just give them cash. It's I, more important. I like to I give just them give gift them cards. cold, hard cash because I am worried that these crazy kids will lose the cards not use them, but I know if you give somebody a 20, a 50, or if you really like them, a Benjamin, they're not going to lose it. They're not going to lose it? They're not going to lose it, and they're going to be real happy uh, when they open that envelope. Yes, Randy they Moss are. once said, cash money, homie. That's right. Cash but, is but if you're everybody. only giving $5 on a gift card, it looks better in a gift card than a $5 bill. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Well, hopefully our author, Ellen Eskins, is, is going here. to be joining us. Okay. In his book, The Deep Dark Descending, we're absolutely just, we love it. We're so glad we've discovered him. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. Well, we have a real treat. We actually have an author in studio with us, uh, best-selling author of The Life We Bury, Alan Eskins, is with us for his latest book, The Deep Dark Descending. Thanks, Alan. Hi, ladies. So happy to be here. Oh, we love your book, The Deep Dark Descending. We haven't read any of your other ones, but we've heard of The Life We Bury. Yes, we have. But before we get into it, so I thought this was funny. Alan was telling us... um, about how many people told you. Tell the story and then tell the story about our, our reading habits. <laughs> well, I do a lot of author events and I do book clubs and stuff like that. And a great many people say, so when are you going to be on Lori and Julia? And uh, I, I said, well, as soon as they invite me and they, they would say things like, well, and I can't remember which one it was. They said, one of them will read it from cover to cover. The other one might not read the whole thing. <laughs> but we'll lie. <laughs> and I already confessed I didn't read it. Oh, 
I'm, I've, I had to do that up front because you're here. Usually I can fake it on the phone better. Oh, that's okay. But when okay. you're right here, but Lori loves it. it yeah, it's it's so good. The deep, dark descending. So uh, give people the setup of your, is this your fourth book? That's my fourth, fourth book, yes. Oh, wow. And you're amazing writer. Well, thank good you. Good storyteller. Thank you very much. Yeah. So give people the setup of this story. Okay. Um, well, so my first novel was A Life for Barry, and my protagonist was a college student. So I didn't want to write more mysteries and thrillers about this college student. So I took secondary characters from that novel, and I'm telling their stories going forward. So the first character is Max Rupert. He's a homicide detective from Minneapolis. And there's kind of a three-book arc for his character. Um, the Guys of Another, my second book, he it's a good brother, bad brother story where he's the good brother. Uh, the next book is the, um, the Heavens May Fall, where Max is contemplating that good brother, that Boy Scout status. He's thinking that is it's okay to break the rules if you do it for the right reasons. And that leads to the deep dark descending in this book. This is a revenge novel. Mm -hmm. And uh, it starts out with Max catching the person that he wants to exact revenge upon. But it then goes into the whole question of, can he do it? Um, what I wanted to do is, was focus on how guys will say, you know, if anybody ever harmed my wife, I would have no trouble killing them. And the question that I wanted to pose is if you are face to face with this person, Looking them in the eye, you have to de deliberate what you're doing. Can you go through with it? And can Max go through with it, given the fact that he has had this long life of being, you know, this having this moral compass? Mm -hmm. So a third of the novel takes place on this frozen lake, and it's kind of a mini morality play where Max is going through, you know, can I exact my revenge? It's and it's up north by the Gunflint Trail. Oh, it's, so and good. it's on the Canadian Minnesota border. Mm hmm. And so one of the things I just want to say, because yeah. you have the same character kind of that's been in, that has been in all four books. We've never read a different, any of your other books. Yeah, and this is a standalone book. I just want to tell our listeners yeah. Yeah. that. They are written to be standalones. Yeah. If you read them in order, you will see things that happen where you can see the progression, but they're not written to be a, a sequel. Sure. Type. You can, it's a standalone book. Yes. I mean, Lori showed you how far she is. She stayed up way too late last night. I have two chapters left and I'm like right at like the climax of the book. And I'm just like, oh, I can't wait to get home from bowling tonight and read the last mm -hmm. two chapters. Well, I hope you like them. Oh, I, I, I've loved the whole book. And, and like I said to you before we got on the air, you're, you're really a beautiful writer as far as like painting the scene, the picture, the emotions, you really feel you. it all. And I feel like I'm there on the ice with the ice auger as Max is doing something. Well, I'm making my name as a mystery thriller writer, yeah. but I studied writing for 20 years while I was practicing law down in Mankato. And I was studying it as if I was going to be a literary author. So I was focusing on character stories and, and descriptions. And then when I decided to actually sit down and write a novel because I was a criminal defense attorney and I knew so much about that, mm -hmm. that world, you know, mysteries just kind of drew me in. So that's what I wanted to, what I want to do is I want to write a novel where the mystery is the vehicle to tell another story. Mm -hmm. So in this, in the deep dark descending, that other story is this guy's internal struggle with, you know, can I exact this revenge? Yeah. And it, also in the deep dark descending, the whole, you know, the story with the uh, sexual trafficking, mm -hmm. you know, and that is something that I know Minnesota is like really trying to be a leader on stopping that. I yep. mean, did you call from some of your real life experiences as a criminal defense lawyer with this part of the story? I did. One of the nice things about having you know years of criminal experience is I know a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And so I know the BCA agents in Mankato and they hooked me up with a BCA agent up here in St. Paul 
who I sat down with and, and she kind of laid out, here's how, you know, it, oh, it it's works. Happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I had a nice, you know, afternoon conversation with her and took a lot of notes and was able to, to use that um, to go forward. Yeah. Now, you know, go ahead, Jules. Oh, well, I was just going to talk about the moral confidence compass of a man and you talk you know in your other book one of the books it was about the good brother the bad brother and in is it something that i mean you seem like you're a man with good morals but so it's just from working with all these criminals that you had a good understanding of the bad the bad brother i appear nicer than i really am (laughs) really no i um you know i didn't realize this until i started going to book clubs and book events but in, in the criminal defense world you meet so many people with a darker side and after a while, you just start to think that the whole world is like that. And then, you know, when you when you talk to people, say, yeah, well, you know, I put this in my book and they say, oh, that's really dark. And so that's that's not nearly as dark as what I could have done, you know, from my personal experience. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a nice way to to play with that dark side um, without having to actually be dark. You know, right. having that experience as a criminal defense attorney. And, you know, I was I was at a book club just two nights ago telling stories about uh a particular case that I had where a guy tried to cut his hands off and, you know, I see them cringing and all of a sudden I realize that I'm getting a little too far into <laughs> right. the real world. So I, I pull back a bit. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, well, that's interesting. <laughs> I want to talk about that, but we're not going to, if you're just joining us, we're with Alan Eskins in the book is the deep, dark descending. Many people I bet have read the life we bury. We had heard about that forever. And now is that being made into something? It is in development for a feature film. Are you dying? I am dying. I mean, how exciting is that? We went to IMDb and it says in development. In development and it says 2018. Now, I am so completely out of the loop. I don't know anything that's happening happening except, you know, the, I know who the producers are. It's next Wednesday Productions. Mm-hmm. And I know they're working on it. I know yeah. they're trying to get it made into a movie, but there's everything is kind of hush-hush and they don't tell me anything. And they probably also like the idea of this because the character goes on. So, like, if you think of the Jack Reacher. Right novels and you know i mean people a production company they're like oh we could get three movies out of this if the first one is good i hope so yeah i hope so <laughs> and who would play max would you have you cast him in your um, mind i have not actually. how old is he um that's a good question i in taylor kitchler in the guys <laughs> no because i feel like he's like in his mid-40s in the guise of another i think he was 39 and that 39. was two years ago so okay. he'd be early 40s mm-hmm. right now um and and for those who are don't cast matt damon he can't keep his foot out of his mouth okay? oh god he doesn't get to cast but I, i'm but looking who, at a wall he's looking at our man with their wall. shirts off right yeah. now that, mm-hmm. that julie is looking at to mm-hmm. try and i'm turning around to pick a guy off the wall Paul Newman's dead, so he, yeah. you can't have, he him. can't have him. Um But I mean it's very exciting. I it mean is. that it that, that this is happening. Oh, for I you. know. I'm having the dream. I mean the the uh the debut author, the young author, early author dream is, you know, I publish a novel and it just takes and off. And people buy it and, and, right. they, and they love off. it. Yeah. yeah. And then you got uh, Mary Kubica who we just had, had on, on our show oh, two weeks ago. A couple weeks ago for her latest book. I've read The Good Girl and I can't remember right what is, now. It's a yellow cover. I can't yeah, remember I can't the remember name of it. But, but she's also, you know, a mystery writer. She's a sweetheart. Yeah. How do you really, know her? Um, I, I was at an event with her um, here in the Twin Cities and then I did another event in San Francisco with her. And at that event, um, I actually got a signed copy of that yellow book. And I can't remember. It's, it's every, every last, last lie. Yes. Every last lie. Because that one, there's part of the book that takes place up north. Mm-hmm. Yes. north there of, is. On Highway 61. Is she from Minnesota? No. 
no, Chicago area. Chicago yeah, is that where, was she right. was, where she was from. And did you hear the news that they're going to have this huge book festival coming here in 2018? Uh, which one? I don't know. It's something brand new, and it's oh. going to be a major thing. I think, Donna, you gave me something about that a couple I, weeks ago. I did, actually. I'll we check go, for you. Because like, we always wonder why more, more authors, authors don't, don't come here to Minnesota. Hmm. Well, there is a Twin Cities Book Fair already um, that takes place every, I think it's October. Um, and there's Heartland Fall Forum, which is more of a book uh, seller's convention. Mm-hmm. But um, This was supposed to be a big consumer thing. and um, I'll have to look into it. Yeah. I was not aware. Well, there you go. All right. So, Alan, what do uh, people always ask you? Um, is there a common question that you always get asked over and over at your book signings? Who would play the various characters in yeah, the movie? Yeah, in the movie. Um, you, you should come up with a couple answers. Come on. Well, the thing is, I have an answer for the, in the life of Barry, the main character is Joe. Okay. And Joe's a college student. And there's this one actor who, um, when I finished the novel, I thought, this actor would be perfect for Joe. Do you remember his name? I do, but I can't tell you. Okay. Oh. <laughs> in case it happens. <laughs> oh. Because um, it turns out he read the novel and he would like to play Joe. Oh. And my producer said, don't tell anybody that you know who this is. Yeah, well, don't, don't tell us. It. You don't want to jinx it. No, yeah, yeah. you can tell us off the well, air. We promise not, so much, not to tell. It's not so much a jinx. It's that um, if another studio is looking at this actor for a movie and we're looking uh, at it for a movie right. and they find out we're interested, they'll rush in and try and steal him away. And Got it. Uh, there's there's so much of that that I don't understand. So I'm, I just... Yeah. I could see only because he was great in The Departed, but I could see Leonardo DiCaprio... Like he could be Max. We could grit him up. I would up. love that. that. We would love that, wouldn't it? I yeah. mean, that would be. I think he could do it. You know, I, I never thought of him as being. A, and because this is kind of, uh, it takes place on a frozen lake. Um, the Revenant. Yeah, and yeah. I could, I could see. He Leo could do doing it. This. He could do it. So if you're listening, Leo, Leo. <laughs> he right. always does. Oh, he, 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 <laughs> we're over 20 though, so he listens somewhere else. Well, 25. 25. 25 yeah. is is cut off for, kind for of women. Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. What's the last great book you read? Oh, the last great book Mm -hmm. I read. um, I'm currently reading a really good one uh, called The Marsh King's Daughter. Oh, we we already read that. She was on our show. Yes. Isn't that Oh, my gosh. I'm about halfway through, so don't give me any endings. Um, I'm a a huge fan of the the Poisonwood Bible. um, Oh, Margaret Atwood? uh, It's no. No, um, I'm thinking of Kingsolver. That's it. And uh, you know, I, I can read that forever. Uh, I, I just, I'm a big fan of a guy named Tom Franklin. Most people don't know who he is, but he's a Southern writer. And uh, I think that the last book that I finished was uh, Tom Franklin's book, um, Hell at the Breach. All right. Oh, cool. Well, Alan, yeah. we got it. We have to thank the Star Tribune for reviewing the Deep Dark Descending because that's how we found out about you. Well, I'm so we, glad and you so did. did the Pioneer Press. And the Pioneer Press reviewed it. Yes. And so both it, Donnie and I, I clipped it out and Donnie had printed it. He's like, here's a local author. Yeah, I passed it on. Mystery. I did find some information on that. Uh, can, can Alan hear me? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's going to be in 2019. It's called World Wordplay. This is the Loft Literary Center in Minneapolis is going to put this on in 2019. And the festival is expected to bring in about 100 authors and attract about 10,000 visitors from around the state in its first year. Oh, that's nice. Yes, didn't that sound like a cool? Yeah. So there you go. And that's something that Minnesota needs because mm-hmm. we have such a good literary society here. Right. Yeah. We love we love to read here and we've got a lot of cold weather to Yeah, and to read. read. When, when my uh, publisher um signed me up, he said he's been he's been looking for a Minnesota author because we have such a good 
um, base of readers here as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Well, this Alan, is a treat. it's been delightful to me. Thank you so much for making the drive from Ankita. This would be Thank you for having me. a great holiday. I love that you publish in paperback because I hate, you know, Julia I hate hardcovers. Always- you don't even know. <laughs> They're so heavy. <laughs> this from somebody who doesn't read the book. I can't read it because my hands are falling asleep and down. It was so nice to meet you. It's Thank so nice you. To meet you too. Deep, the Deep Dark Descending. Alan Eskins, we've got a couple books to give away. Mm-hmm. Give Donnie a buzz at 651. Uh, oh. I hope we gave you a good book idea. If you need, if you I love guess. mystery thrillers, Alan Eskins is your latest and greatest novelist. And a big thank you to him to drive up from Mankato oh, to be I, with us. I know. He, he was nice. delightful. He just said so many people have asked him, when are you going to be on my talk with the girls? You know, with our book One club. of them reads, sort Donnie. of, and one of them reads all of it. But Donnie does keep a book club page for us. Yes, so we every do. author yeah, and right. with a description, yeah, and sometimes people want to know where's our list of books. And it's just, you have to scroll, scroll a little down. bit down on, so the, on the right hand side of your page. Yeah. It says book club. Mm-hmm. Everything is there. Yeah. So last week we had our Notting Hill like romance novel, Seven Days of Us. And then this week we have our mystery thriller. And I'm halfway through that one. Isn't that one good, Yeah, too? I'm behind. And there's one due next week. I feel like homework for school. But the one next week is very thick. Oh, the, is. the, the ice the house? house? Yeah. That looks yeah. good. Well, honestly, I need to listen <laughs> to the in my ear overnight. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, I asked Alan when he was leaving, is this on tape? Because I like having people read the stories to me. I kind of like that audible for this stuff. Well, uh, yeah, right. a, lot of, a lot of people do like that. I mean, it's kind of a nice thing to do. So anyway, he said, yes, it is. But what a treat. Very much What a so. treat. All right, so we saw the photos today. Prince Harry took his fiancée, Meghan Markle, to lunch, to the Christmas lunch with the Queen. And there are photos of the him driving her in the black Land Rover and with the white leather seats. And she's sitting on the wrong side of the cars, we would like to say. <laughs> but she is looking very... Um, Lovely. She's looking uh, like she's had a uh, Duchess Kate makeover, Julia. You think so, Lori? Oh, my word. Oh, my dear. Yes, Julia. She is doing the princess makeover. And um, no, no hot, no red lipstick. Three weeks ago, when the engagement was announced, she her hair was a little bit looser and wavier. She didn't have that much makeup on. Now, all of a sudden, her hair is very straight and very polished. Her eyebrows look like they've been freshly waxed. And she wore a dress designer that the Duchess favors. Isn't that something? Well, let's and a talk- lot of bronzer. Oh, let's just talk about how nervous she must have been, though. So this, She's met the Queen before. But this was 50 yes. family members of yes. the royal family right. for lunch at the palace, including everybody. I mean, everybody. Princess Eugenie, Princess Beatrice, Zara, Mike T- and Mike Tyndall. I mean, all Prince Charles, Camilla, the whole damn family. They have a big family. They huge because if Queen Elizabeth, the four, four kids, kids, their spouses or girlfriends or boyfriends right. or whatever they and their going, kids and their kids. I think that would be a little nerve wracking because remember, she has to remember who to curtsy in front of, when to do it. You know, stand up, sit down, fight, fight, fight. She has to go up, down, up, down, up, down. Well, she, yes, she has to curtsy all the time and do this, that, and the other thing. And it this is an annual event that the Queen has. They call it low key at, at Buckingham <laughs> Which Palace. Which is fifty members of our family, <laughs> Small, but yeah. it's a pre-Christmas lunch. I love it. Mm-hmm. 
And everyone had to bring their gifts that they received for the queen to look at first. Because remember, we read that yesterday. I'm just teasing. But that was one of the things. that Well, she she and Prince Philip will go down to Sandringham in a few days, which is her favorite place. And you see that in The Crown, the second season. She spends a lot of time at Sandringham um, walking through the... The marshes. The moors. The moors. Yeah, yeah not the, the marshes. marshes. Is that yeah. where her horses are and her dogs with her dogs? And It's rugged, wild Scottish terrain, mm-hmm. you know. And um, so anyway, but the rest of the family uh, um, will go in a, in a few days, Julia. So um, anyway, it's, it's, it's. Uh, I bet it was daunting, Lori. I don't think I so, think but she be- just had a lot of makeup on, and she just had her hair absolutely flat ironed, straight as a board. And very pale lips. We've seen her in a brighter lip before, but she's got the pale lip. She's not doing the Erica Girardi DSL lips. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Describe what DSL means, because um, it's just, that was, all right, so last night, yeah. Lori's talking about that Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, mm-hmm. but even if you don't watch it, mm-hmm. I don't watch it, and I will describe as an outsider Oh, but you've watched I Beverly know it, Hills but before. I just it's not like you're a virgin. Cannot even believe the lips on these women. Well, they all get their lips injected and blown up. I mean, but Erica Girardi, now what? DSL, we'll call it um, rock sucking lips. Okay. Okay. She uses oh a D word. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And she has what she calls polite lips and then DSL lips. Okay. And the DSL lips are when she really does a bold color, a big lip liner. And lacquer. And um, lacquer. And in, to hold it all in place. But I'm going to tell you something. So this is a woman. She's in her mid 40s. Um, she is married to that attorney. Tom Girardi. Who did the law for the Aaron famous... Aaron Brockovich. Yes. She's a big, huge attorney. Tons of money. They own two private planes. Okay, a but, small one and a big okay, one. Okay, but looking at her office, so she has an office, and in her office, she has a room that is like natural light. It's so bright in there, you know, mm-hmm. so you would see what you would look like outside walking on the streets yeah. of L.A. Her glam squad travels with her everywhere. Two so does pe- Dorit's. Two people. So does Dorit. Two people. I know. Looking at the clothes she should wear, mm-hmm. she picked out the ugliest outfit to travel, and I did want to tell her that. But some of the ensembles that she was wearing, she had that one where her bra- hair was braided up, and it looked like she was wearing a tiara. Oh. And with that like pink orange eyeshadow, she looked. That, she looked like the Queen of Scott. Julia, that is her <laughs> it's, superhero glamazon look. <laughs> but it it should be. Deleted from yeah. the from her look. Yeah, I know her look tree well, you or know, whatever. She's busy being a dance superstar. I I almost die when I see their lifestyle and their handbags alone are three months rent. Yeah, I know. at least I know. See? Fantastic. Everything it about really, it. I have to meet and meeting John Cougar, Mellencamp's daughter. Teddy, the Teddy. fitness yeah. accountability coach. Yeah. <laughs> and how she met her husband. One night stand. <laughs> I love to be honest about that. All, All right. right. We will be back, people.